Hey friends, before we get the episode started, I want to remind you that Least Important Things Monthly, our new newsletter, new newsletter, say that five times fast, is live. We've had two editions so far and our third is coming out in December. Good news, we have some stickers left. So if you subscribe to our newsletter, you will get a free Least Important Things sticker that you can flaunt at your workspace, on your water bottle, on your fridge, or on your journal. And you could even deface public property. I'm not saying you should, but you could. You could put it on a lamppost or on the stall of your favorite dive bar bathroom. I I don't know. I don't know. Also, this episode was suggested by my good friend, Mike. If you have an idea that you think would fit under the least important thing umbrella, reach out to me. Let me know. I'd love to just jump on a call and have a conversation and get that episode started. I really built this space for an opportunity for you the listener to get involved as much as possible. And that's even coming up with an idea. So even if it's something that you've talked about with your friends at the bar or over coffee, and you think it's something silly or interesting or just a great conversation starter, let's connect. Again, you can reach out to me, leastimportantthings at gmail.com, visit our website, leastimportantthings, or just direct message me on Instagram at Luke H. Ferris. I'd love to get an episode started with you. All right, that's enough of me. Until you get some more of me, on with the episode. The perfect day. What is it? What does it look like? Every day is different and unique, but sometimes it feels mundane. Sometimes it feels like we do the same things every single day. We go to work, we do our jobs, whatever our responsibilities are, and we cook, we feed ourselves, we get our things that we need to get done, and we rest, and we do it all over again. And a lot of times we race towards the weekend or work towards that vacation or Try, just try to get through the week. But the perfect day is that untainable, mysterious, special moment. But we all know what it could be or what we'd like it to be. This idea of a perfect day came up with my good friend, Mike Wen. If you don't know Mike, we've done a couple rewatch podcasts on Least Important Things, one on Jurassic Park and one on Mission Impossible. And this past summer, Mike reached out to me because he had the elusive perfect day. But don't take my word for it. Here's Mike explaining his perfect day beat by beat. Today was a Monday. I had the day off due to Juneteenth, which my company began recognizing a few years ago. Heading into the weekend, I began to think of how I wanted to use my time. Shannon, my wife, would be working, so I would be alone for the day until she got home. Leading into the weekend, I had ideas for what I would like to do, but didn't make any plans after 9 a.m. I started by waking up at 4.30 a.m. to go to the gym, which is the time I normally get up anyway. Most people would sleep in on a day like today, but I get so much joy when I'm able to get done with my workout early and I have no place to be. After that, I went to the sauna, which, when I have time, is always a relaxing way to finish at the gym. Once leaving, I went to my favorite coffee shop in town and got an iced Americano, which is my current favorite drink. And then I promptly drove to the Holland State Park, where I sat and read my Bible for an hour in my car. The sky was so clear, and the wind and temperature were just right. At 9 a.m., I had an appointment with my dear friend Luke, who was still in town before moving to Chicago. 
We met at his favorite coffee shop downtown, and I ordered my second favorite drink, Cortado. Luckily, the cafe had a special espresso they were brewing that day, so I ordered that in my Cortado and picked a muffin, one for me and one for Shannon because they are her favorite. Luke and I chatted for two hours about all matters of life, family vacations, the recent U.S. men's team victory, the manager for the team, my upcoming trip to London, his move to Chicago, movies we were excited to see, as well as many other subjects that are so important that I've forgotten them entirely. After two hours, I knew that it was time to leave because my face was tired from smiling and laughing. Upon leaving, I went home to get my dog, Cassius, and take him on a walk through Riley Trails. Immediately upon beginning, I was overwhelmed in my soul with how beautiful this day was. The trail was nearly empty, so it allowed me and Cassius to have free reign to go wherever we pleased. It was at this time, somewhere in the pine trees, that I said audibly, what an amazing day. I would gladly have spent another hour on the trail, but I had sympathy on Cassius, for it was longer than he's accustomed to walking and I could tell that he was struggling with thirst. To make it up to him, I brought him to the pet store and bought him a toy and some treats. I'm certain that he found this suitable. Tired and in need of a rest, I dropped off Cassius at home, and after making lunch, I set off to the cinema to catch a movie. The new Guardians of the Galaxy had been out for several weeks already, but due to my lack of interest in the superhero movie fad, I had not prioritized seeing it. However, I had always been fond of this series, so I was content to purchase a ticket. I also purchased a beer at the theater, too. They're marked up quite a bit, but it's a luxury I was willing to pay for today. I was just about the only person in the theater, spare two teenagers and a parent escorting them. The movie was highly engaging, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I laughed and cried multiple times. By the time I got home, it was just late enough to start prepping dinner. I hadn't talked to Shannon about what our meal plan was going to be, but I wanted a burger, so I made an executive decision and began seasoning the beef for the grill. I was able to complete a little laundry before Shannon arrived, making me feel productive and non-neglecting of my household duties. When Shannon arrived, I greeted her with the muffin I had gotten her earlier, and the delight on her face was a gorgeous reward. Over dinner, I told her all about my day and heard of hers as well. I asked if we could get ice cream and finish with a trip to see the sunset at Tunnel Park. She was eager to accept because that's usually her ideal way to end a day. Along the way, we stopped at the market to buy a bottle of bourbon for a gathering of friends later that week. I had permitted myself to spend a little more than usual. After the sunset, we returned and retired. I was so full of joy and excitement over a good night's rest. I knew that the next day would be different and I would return to work, but my day had made me ready to attack my duties with an enthusiasm I had been missing. You're listening to a podcast called Least Important Things. I'm your host, Luke Ferris.
So I asked Mike if you could plan a perfect day or if it just has to happen organically. I think it has to be a little bit of both because for me, part of my perfect day was that I just thought to myself, what do I want to do next? Right. And because I didn't have any plans, I didn't have any restrictions, I didn't have any where I really needed to be at like, oh, I got to make sure I'm here at three o'clock. I could keep asking myself that question. And that that gave me a lot of freedom. It gave me a lot of joy to just be like, what do I want to do next? How am I feeling right now? But I didn't have to think long because I've already spent some time planning. These are some things I would love to do. You had a basket full of ideas of possibilities. And in the moment you were saying, what's next? I have an appointment with this guy named Luke. I want to work out. I have to take my dog for a walk. But you had all these other things in the basket. And I think that really comes back to the presence. When you talk about being on that walk with your dog, Cassius, in the trees and being present in that moment and realizing like already at the, like it was pretty early on and you were saying it's a good day. I really did not set out to have a perfect day. I remember checking my watch when I said that it was like 1130. And I just remember thinking like, what a day. And I still have half a day to go. And it was one of those moments where it's not an out of body experience, but you, you start to appreciate you know, what you're doing as you're doing it. You know, you don't have to have the nostalgia to build that, that feeling for you. It's just something that you feel then. I was wondering if you were thinking the same way as Mike and I about a perfect day. So I asked you to describe your perfect day. Jackie said, 100% quiet, a hot cup of tea, low lights, breathe. Jess said, fresh pour over on my couch, sunbeams, and a fresh book I can't put down. Amy said, a walk in the sun, nap, midday latte, and dinner, but not cooked by me. Chloe said, I wake up in a castle in Scotland, eat little treats, see cows, and end the day in a pub. There's a commonality with these answers. There's a simplicity, a slowness, an openness, a quietness in these perfect days. It's in contrast to the hustle and bustle of daily life, where you have to get from one thing to the next. But as much as we'd love the pastoral life of waking up every day with no agenda and an endless supply of coffee, it's a rare reality. Most of our days even our days off are filled with to-do lists just to survive as humans. And I think that's why part of the perfect day is enjoying it without guilt. I think a lot of people feel guilt when you have days off. I think that's the lie of adulthood. I don't know why we cling to it. It's so strange. Yeah, it is strange. And certainly there are things that I did not do on my day that I wish I had time right but i remember thinking like if you were going to criticize my day and say anything about it it was that i wasn't productive enough and i do enjoy being productive Uh, i felt that during the day and i just thought I, i shouldn't be so indulgent i should do something that actually contributes and does something productive for myself or for my family and that's why you know i felt like between prepping the meat and shannon coming home from work i'm like there's laundry like I can, I can spend 20 minutes folding laundry and that would be something that's really helpful for 
for my wife. That would be something that's helpful for my spirit to just know that like, hey, I wasn't entirely wasteful. And not that the other things I was doing were wasteful, but I do think that we can fall into a trap of thinking that everything has to be productive. And I would say getting to the gym in the morning was productive. I would say getting to spend time with my Bible was productive. Getting to spend time with a friend and invest in a relationship was productive. All those things were productive, but they were also just very life-giving. And so I think you need to find life-giving things. Marissa describes her perfect day as a difficult morning hike somewhere with an ocean view, followed by a refreshing smoothie and some time to read a good book at home. Then get dressed up and finish the day with dinner somewhere with amazing vibes, excellent food and dessert, and delicious wine. John's perfect day is hang grinding my coffee beans with my Hario Mill to the sounds of NPR News, a cardio swim and sauna at the gym, a picking bluegrass session with the lads, pho for dinner, Pinot Noir with an episode of Northern Exposure to end the night. Must feed the alligators before bed. John lives in Florida, if you didn't catch that. Here's Lydia's perfect day, which starts with a splash. Early start, perfect late summer, early autumn day. Not a cloud in the sky, no breeze. Head out for a sunrise sea dip, where the dolphins and seals both pay us a visit, followed by a warming up on the beach with a coffee and a hazelnut pan au chocolate from my favorite spot. This drifts into a lazy brunch avocado and eggs with proper sourdough a really good long nap follows a friend rings and suggests a spontaneous aperol in the sun we bump into other people we know small town and the day just goes on in this perfect spontaneous no expectations way pick up a very thin very cheesy pizza to eat on the beach until the light fades then pick up movie snacks on the way home and watch insert various action slash dinosaur film here Get a decent sleep. Poetry. And this perfect day comes from my better half, Audrey. My perfect day starts with waking up feeling well-rested. Not always an easy feat. I love to wake up early when there's no pressure because the day hasn't officially began yet. A slow morning is my idea of heaven. Stovetop espresso, low lighting, a book, and a journal close by. Followed by a grounding Pilates practice. Once I'm feeling ready to head into the world... My day would include a long walk with stops to some of my favorite places. Maybe the bookstore to start. Leisurely browsing to find something to read that afternoon. Then lunch out, paired with a glass of wine and a good friend. The rest of the afternoon would be spent at the lake or the ocean, reading, swimming, and sunning. Dinner would be at home. A pasta by and with my husband over a bottle of wine. An evening walk during golden hour and a favorite movie at home together would complete my perfect day. When I think back on my day, a lot of it was centered around others. I think that on the days that I have felt that I didn't take full advantage of my time or I didn't experience a lot of rest or a lot of joy, it was honestly, it was because it was so indulgent. It was so self-indulgent and I just spent time focusing on me or not doing or not doing really much of anything. But in this day, I got to do some things for me. Like I went to the gym that really doesn't benefit anybody but me. 
Um, and then there were some other things like going to the theater doesn't benefit anybody but me, but um, getting to see the reaction from my wife when I showed her that I uh, did something um, you know thoughtful for her or getting to spend quality time with a friend. Um, those were the two, two of the biggest highlights from that day for me. And they had nothing to do. Like it was so removing myself from the day. And I think that, I think that's really what separates my perfect day from days when, from, from, from similar days in the past was that I removed myself from the center of it. You removed yourself and you, you were aware. So instead of like, I'm rushing to work or I got to do this or I got to, you, you, you were like, Oh, my wife likes this other flavor of muffin. I'm going to get it for her. Cause I'm going to see her later. And I think a lot of times we just were, Oh, and I, this happens to me. I'm, I'm thinking 10 steps ahead. I'm thinking I got to do this to get to this. I got to get this done for work or life to do this. And those moments of awareness as humans, when you can just say, my wife likes that flavor of muffin. I'm going to get it for her because I'm here. Yeah. Why not? I think it's really special. It's so simple. It's not, a, again, it's not an important thing. I mean, some people might think muffins are important. My wife does. <laughs> Shannon thinks and muffins are important. And that's why it's special because you were aware in that moment. Danny reached out to me and described a perfect day from his past using a poem. It's about a hunting trip he took to North Manitou Island off the coast of Lake Michigan. In golden hues of early fall's embrace, North Manitou whispers a tranquil space. Stalking ridges, trophy bucks in sight, nature's symphony, a hunter's delight. Breeze dances off Lake Michigan's shore, a symphony of whispers forevermore. 45 degrees, sunshine's warm embrace, painting memories on this tranquil space. Camp stove crackles, roasting game divine, savoring victories under the sun's soft shine. Best friends gather, laughter in the air, quality conversations, friendships rare. In all the perfect days that you described, there are some ingredients that are universal. Nature, people, food, engaging in some sort of hobby or passion that we love. But overall, it's about awareness and presence. But is our imaginary perfect days really obtainable? Even if we schedule it out moment by moment, something inevitably changes, goes wrong, or just doesn't meet the expectations the way we want it to. Perfection, the, you know, we talk about this and we throw out perfect day as it is in a joking way or I, it's in a frivolous, non-serious way, but perfection doesn't necessarily exist in our world that we can see. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, perfection is something that we as humans are striving for but can't achieve. But from what I'm hearing from you and, and what I'm hearing from other folks is perfection's not necessarily, it's not like fulfilling all of your desires. It's, it's almost about being in the moment and just being alive as a human 
and like being the fullness of 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 who you are in that moment. I don't know if we're getting a little too high in the sky here, but yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, your perfect day may end up perfect because something didn't happen perfectly. One of Audrey and I's favorite movies is About Time. If you haven't seen the movie, essentially the story is about a father and son who share the power of traveling in time. The film isn't as sci-fi as it sounds. I mean, it's mainly set on a small English shoreline town, so you probably get the picture. The message of the film is that even if you had the ability to travel back in time and relive each day over and over again, it probably wouldn't be as perfect as the moment in time you live that day. I think I've learned the final lesson from my travels in time. And I've even gone one step further than my father did. Mm. Oh. <sighs> okay, I'll do the kids. <sighs> no, don't worry. I'll do them. Yeah, you do them, you lazy bum. <laughs> The truth is, I now don't travel back at all, not even for the day. I just try to live every day as if I've deliberately come back to this one day, to enjoy it as if it was the full, final day of my extraordinary, ordinary life. I don't get many things right the first time, in fact. When Mike reflected more on his day, he realized it's probably not about him at all. Like it was really Cassius's perfect day because he spent, he, he walked for like three times longer than he normally does in an area that is like not his normal walk spot. And then he got like a treat and a toy out of it. Like how much better could that day? And then he slept the whole rest of the day, Luke, like how much better could that day have gotten for Cassius? It really can't. Not much better. It doesn't get better than that. And so we, we always joke that like, you know, anytime, anytime something happens to Cassius that isn't like, you know, the copy and the, you know, copy and paste day of just like mom and dad go to work and then they come home and he gets a walk and he gets fed and, you know, mom and dad watch Netflix for the rest of the day or whatever. Like anytime <laughs> that something happens that isn't that, like he probably is just thinking like, this is the best day ever. This is the best day ever. And it's like, I think that that's actually like what we really want is like just the, mm, the idea that yeah. like when anything happens that we would just approach it with an enthusiasm and a joy that we're just ready to enjoy that. And I don't know, there's something in there. Like there's something in that for us to take away from our pets that like just being able to just have so much joy in a moment. I'm going to further the Ted Lasso be a goldfish and adapt that to be a golden retriever (laughs) for Cassius. So the perfect day, is it attainable? Yeah, it is because each day can be perfect. If you're aware, if you listen and if you allow yourself to make each moment spectacular. Obviously, a time travel movie. You think it's a you know one of your and Audrey's favorite movies, and teaches you to really enjoy the moment and not to you know rush. Um, 
I would posit that probably as good of a movie um, along the same lines, click with Adam Sandler. Uh, and, uh, you know, is all about not rushing, but enjoying the moment. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You know, for listeners, if, if, if you were like, wow, it's Mike and Luke, it's going to be a podcast impossible. Uh, it's going to be a Jurassic pod type of tone of goofy, silly, and fun. And you were getting this really serious, deep conversation and were concerned that, we were going to be fun and goofy and relaxed. Uh, Mike just brought it all back of, of with that one reference and ruined the entire conversation. The entire conversation was ruined as he brought up the movie Click. You're listening to a podcast called Least Important Things. It's hosted and created by me, Luke Ferris, executive produced by Jay Ferris, logo and brand designed by Curtis Felton. Again, if you want to connect with this show, please visit leastimportantthings.com. Follow me on social media at Luke H. Ferris or Least Important Things on TikTok. And until next time, I'll talk to you soon.